That was really creepy. The music was all weird and strange, and there's this guy who's still laughing for some reason. That was really creepy. I don't know why. It could have something to do with the fact that we're in a very spooky season right now. We uh, had Halloween yesterday. We are recording this over again because we tried this on Friday. It was This is our 13th episode of the podcast is real, only tonight it's really live because here we are on YouTube doing the podcast is real. And I got to tell you, being the 13th episode, everything went wrong. <laughs> it, uh, my co-hosts couldn't even make it. Um, uh, one of our guests couldn't connect to the, the service that we're using. The sound quality, something happened with the, the board and it just went wackadoo and it sounded all buzzy and awful. Um, I had a great talk with, with my guest, but it just didn't work out. So we get a do-over and here we are. It's Sunday night and we're doing uh, 13 and a half, I guess. So I want to invite, uh, first of all, uh, onto the stage with me here, uh, one of my co-hosts, Aaliyah. Welcome to the show. Hi. It's so good to see you on. Uh, did you, uh, what did you do for Halloween yesterday? Well, surprisingly, there was a lot of people in my neighborhood that were celebrating. Um, so I took my nephew to go trick-or-treating and he was a cute little alien um all right <laughs> yeah what did you what do what did he dress as uh, he I'm was kidding an i'm joking oh. <laughs> i thought he, your nephew was a cute little alien i was trying to make i was it was a dad joke. oh okay yeah, yeah 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 i didn't get it did you dress right. up at all or no <laughs> no i just wear like dog ears but my dad did dress up oh what did he dress up as um so he has a few costumes he has a scream costume oh and i actually wanted him to come on and scare you guys but he <laughs> has a it's like a goblin ish mask but it, the 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 goblin has a really long beard and and a mullet in the back and a, a, a goblin mullet very yes. cool all right well, if he's, yeah, if he's around, bring out, we'd like to see the goblin mullet. So if you want to bring him on later towards the end of the show, we'll, we'll do that. Also okay. with us on the show, my other co-host, Utah with his uke, he is ready to go. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld in the airy sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. He did the monster nice. mash. I thought you were going to do the skeleton song. You had me all confused now. You surprised me. Ooh. There we go. Spooky skeletons. Spooky scary skeletons jumping all around. Spooky scary skeletons. I don't know the rest of the words except spooky scary skeletons. It's a great song. Came from 20s Disney. And that's all I got for you tonight. There you go. Hey, well... <laughs> We were talking about beforehand. Uh, does anybody know, actually know how to do the monster mash? Like, no. See, the, the song the, is all about it. It's but at least the hokey pokey tells you what to do. The monster right. mash. We have no idea what the monster mash sounds like. We don't have no idea what it looks like. Like we were saying, it's like Tenacious D's song. It's you know the greatest song ever written. But this is a tribute. Yeah, this is and not I'm the like, greatest song in the world. This it's is only a tribute. tribute. And apparently, that's what the monster mash is. I don't know. Somebody's got to talk to to Dracula there and figure out what yeah. exactly that was, was going on there. When I started, when I yeah, you really got me thinking about it. That song is is not uh, all it's cracked up to be. Oh, it's good. We just don't know what he's singing about. 
So <laughs> as it happens, though, we've got a couple of people who um, actually ha have done a lot of research and know a little bit about monsters uh, on the show tonight. So maybe they can show us how to do the monster match. Oh, I hope so. So, um, but yeah, uh, as some of you may know, we've been giving away a book for the last few weeks called Musings on Monsters. There it is. Utah's got a copy in his hot little hands there. Uh, and it's edited by our good friends, Lou Tambone and uh, Rich Handley, who are going to be on the show with us tonight. We actually have been giving that book away. I, I gave it away on Friday. I announced the winner, but it was so terrible that nobody, nobody if somebody could was understand watching, they're like, it. who, who was that? So, uh, I've already emailed the winner. I haven't heard back yet, but I've emailed the winner, uh, notified them that they've won. And all they have to do is get back to me with the, their address. So oh, shoot. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll reply. Where, after no, the it's show. not you. You're not eligible. <laughs> and you've got one in your hand anyway. Why would I give you another one? So I um, and we will drop ship that right to them. They just need to get if you if for some reason you happen to be watching tonight. Uh, check your email. If your email starts with the Joshed or the Joshed. It's uh, medieval times. Maybe. But I want a second one so I can keep this one in the box. Um. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, I've emailed them. Hopefully they'll get back to me and we'll be able to get them a copy of the book. It's so fun. Um, I'm about I'm, a, I'm only about halfway through. And then I loaned it through Kindle to Aaliyah. And then Aaliyah couldn't make the show and we couldn't loan it back so I could finish the book. So I only am going to ask them about the first half of the book when they come on. I admittedly only read their essays and then the forward just and then, theirs and then and, and then a couple well because well we'll get into it but for me <laughs> kaiju was the thing so oh yeah well there you go all right so let's just get a, get them on the show and let's start talking to them ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the show Lou Tambone and Rich Handley welcome to the show guys thank oh you God. we're so glad you're here Rich is uh, in the uh, monster protection program yeah. uh, we, he doesn't want me to be located. Um, We've actually, disguised his voice, and his rich, rich is not his real this name. This is not what he sounds like at all. I'm not even a writer. I'm a banker. There he you might, go. This might be what he looks like. We don't know. Where do I claim that book that I won? <laughs> um, contact Sequart. Okay. <laughs> so um, welcome to the show. Uh, very excited. So last time we had you on the show, we talked about another book that you guys had written, and it was about um, a very dark subject, a chain-smoking, magic-wielding, demon-hunting, uh, just depressed, angry uh, guy named John Constantine. Mickey and now, now we're talking about time. monsters. So my first question for you both is, why so serious, guys? Why, the, why all this darkness that you guys are writing about right now? What's up? What's up? Are you okay? Should we get you help? We, we have dark souls. <laughs> that's a great series of games on the PlayStation, but that's another episode. <laughs> is, yeah, I right. actually don't have that, that. That I don't have dark souls, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, the, what I really want to ask you is since this book is about monsters and I absolutely ador adore what I've been reading so far. It's really taken me back. It's very Thank nostalgic. Um, like, uh, I feel like I had very similar childhoods to some of the writers I'm reading because the, some of the memories um, taking out scary books from the school library yeah. um, that I totally did. I remember checking out books. And then in high school, I checked out books on Parasite. I totally thought I was going to be a Ghostbuster someday. <laughs> I, I thought that was going to be a thing that was going to be a big part of my life. It's not at all, but I was reading those books. Um, but yeah, a lot of cool nostalgia in there. But my 
and and I think it's because you know I do love these monster movies so much, and obviously they're hugely popular. Why do we love monsters so much, guys? Yoda, you want to go first? <laughs> it's the child. <laughs> oh no! The so child. I guess they're both in the speak. witness protective. <laughs> yeah. Now that I think about it. <laughs> That's all for you, Rich. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, I think there's, um, I think the best way to answer that is to say, why do we go on roller coasters? Mm. Why, yeah. why do we, why do we sit around? Uh, camp? Well, yeah. no, hey, he lives. Um, no, nobody, uh, no, nobody, I guess, uh, under the age of 30 does this, but why do people above the age of 30 when they were kids, why did they sit around campfires and tell ghost stories? Uh, why do we watch movies that scare the crap out of us? It's the same reason. Uh, there's an adrenaline rush. There's been a feeling of of being uh, out of control, knowing deep down that you're actually not. And and you know, uh, I would argue that monsters are safer because they don't exist. Whereas a roller coaster could throw you 150 feet if you're in the belt rope. But uh, but but why? I, I guess because. We want to feel alive, and nothing nothing makes you feel more alive than the, being afraid that something that's not alive is right next to you. That's a good point. And, Lou, you're, I saw your reaction. That was almost the same thing that you said on Friday. You agree with that, right, would you say? It's about the adrenaline. Well, we lost Lou. His, uh, Lou apparently his... disagreed completely. And <laughs> he's he's like, like, forget <laughs> you. Forget you, Rich. Well, this is the last collaboration like that, I gone. Yeah, uh, that was a horrible answer. I like. could tell his his connection was getting bad. Uh, yeah, his audio tell. was cutting he's, out. He's almost back in. Hold on. Here he comes. I there hacked him and I kicked him out. Oh, it didn't there work. he is. He's back. <laughs> Stop talking about him. Here's here. Well, oh, and that's how a bill becomes a law. Oh, hey, Lou. <laughs> didn't see you there. We're just talking about bills. <laughs> And laws. He's right. just a loo. Yes, he's only a loo sitting yeah. on the steps of Capital Poo. That's we thought we thought you disagreed with them so terribly that you just you just disconnected. Yeah, like, good timing on that. He stole my answer from the other day. That's why. Yeah, I, I talked That's about the roller, specifically about the roller coaster. Yeah, the, the thrill of being scared uh, is is uh, is something that we all like, and it's a little bit of a uh, escapism from the uh, realities of the world. And uh, we also like monsters, I think, because they they uh, reveal a little bit about ourselves as well. There's a lot of hidden stuff under the hood going on, like a lot. So I think we uh, relate to them in a way. Well, all right. So when I was, say, two years old, and, and my parents have actually like eight millimeter, eight millimeter film of this, and they put it on VHS and then also the DVD. So when I was two or three years old, for my birthday, my father I'm wait, got I'm me, waiting for the Blu-ray myself. Well, well now, you know, we, it, it's a whole remastering process, yeah. and there's not enough data for 4K. Um, I have it in Betamax. Damn you. <laughs> and so my father got me this, like, mechanical battery-powered Donald Duck. So this is 1974, all right, 73, 74. He's got this battery-powered mechanical Donald Duck that walks. It's on but it walks and then it quacks really loud and it's got all the whizzing gears and stuff so it sounds horrible it sounds like this is what i remember it sounding <laughs> for my birthday he turned it on and aimed it toward me in, in in our little living room back in taiwan and i was scared crapless i was <laughs> screaming and crying and running away and kicking it and so what does my father do? My loving father does. He picks it up, aims it towards me again, laughing, 
and here comes Donald Duck attacking me again. Yes. And so, so, so it, it, the point of all this is that, so Donald Duck was arguably the first monster in my life that I remember <laughs> consciously. And it took year, it took many years for me to get over this weird, irrational fear of Donald Duck. So my question to you, Lou and Rich, mm-hmm. musers of monsters, <laughs> what are your first monsters that you remember? Um, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to take it first. Just, yeah, just because um, during when, er, earlier, Utah. Sorry, you Utah, you, <laughs> Utah, you had mentioned that that uh, that you're all about the kaiju, and that's my answer. That uh, is that. Um, ah, good. Yeah, from 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 very early age, uh, I used to watch uh, Toho's movies, uh, and I, I at the time I had no idea that they were badly edited and and and, and that they. <laughs> For very little resemblance than they actually were, but uh, but that was that was my introduction at a very early age, and uh, and it just sort of grew from there. Very cool. Lou, I hand you back your thunder. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I actually uh, because you took the Godzilla thing because I, I was going to talk about how uh, you know we grew up watching them on the holidays around this time of year, Thanksgiving, and uh, mm-hmm. you know they used to show all the movies all the time. So when I was right, kid, I like the UHF stuff. channel, right? Well, yeah, we I think channel like, eleven, right, or is it seven? I think it was forty. It was forty-three for me growing up. Yeah, so. same for me. Uh, PIX, maybe I don't know who it was. But, yeah, uh, I know that yeah, they did, and also channel seven and the four thirty movie had a Godzilla week too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. for a kid, that's kind of watch like Monster Island and all that stuff. King Kong, right. Eddie Joe Young. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then, uh, but but. But we're going to go, I'm going to take it uh, a little step further. When I was a kid, uh, at some point, and I don't know the age, I'm probably in the 70s, uh, early 70s, when I was little, um, Nosferatu was on television somehow. Mm. And, uh, ah. like, well, Nosferatu. And, boy, that, that guy scared, uh, Olaf, he scared me, man. I, I was like. <laughs> that was so, creepy. Uh, that was creepy. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go since Rich took the Godzillas. I'll I'll take Nosferatu. Yeah, I suspect that uh, that 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 he was scary without his uh, without his Olaf makeup. I I have a feeling he he walked out for dinner and his family screamed. You know, I, I just get that feeling. Right. Why did you take your makeup off? I did. <laughs> it's you were, you were broke up there, Lou. We didn't hear what you said. You're oh, I said he. That was just how we look. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Aaliyah, now your first monster. I know it, it's an, it's funny that it seems like we're um, some of us tie our first scary monster experience to our uh, our fathers. What does that tell us? <laughs> but isn't yours about uh, something with your dad too? It, that you told I, us once before. Isn't it yeah. your dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that man just loves to pick on me. I still live at home, so it, I get it all the time. I feel like I've ne- I haven't really, I haven't had time to really grow out of that phase because I still, I still get it. Um, but gr- when I, I don't know if this necessarily counts as a monster, um, but the very first scary movie that I had ever seen was Scream. Mm. And so scream and, and it, those were the two. And my dad 
had so not only did he have the the scream costume but he had the you know the the clown costume as well so he used to you know sometimes he would stand outside of my window at at night and would tap on the window with one of those those masks and um but scream not like now that i think about it that was the one and all i could think of now to the to this day is like when the it's like the the mirror scene like the room full of mirrors and maybe i'm like distorting it in my brain because it's been so long but i think that's what it was was the it was like uh he was chasing this girl through like a you know almost like a carnival you know like at a carnival oh, they have like the rooms from full of mirrors the hall of mirrors or whatever yeah, yeah that's all that i can think of in my head and i'll I, be right back <laughs> no don't say that no, no um yeah, so I think that was like my first monster, but I don't, I don't think that you can, you know, necessarily constitute that of a monster. Just well, well, I would wise. say it definitely yeah. is, right? It and definitely and, is. and Tim Curry was just absolutely. I mean, it was it was kind of a terrible miniseries. Now that you know, it doesn't date, it doesn't age well. If you no, watch but it Tim now, Curry was fantastic, was phenomenal. Yeah, he was very. What good. you, you have is a miniseries that had some isolated parts that do stand up, and some that just make you sure. smack your forehead. But some good performances and 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 yeah, yeah. His, his Pennywise is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. That then the scene in the Chinese restaurant. Hmm. Yeah, the, the well, food. That, Tim Curry's clown still scares people to this day. There were people who thought uh-huh. that there's no way they could top that in the new movies yep. and stuff. And they flow, Georgie. Oh, my oh that's pretty good. That's oh, oh my, Tim Mr. Curry. Yeah. Mr. Curry, is that and, you? And your camera is not working, so the fact that you just did that, everyone is now picturing you as the clown from Pennywise. Him, so. Tim Curry Pennywise. In fairness, people usually picture me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, my I gotta say, my one of my uh, I, one of my earliest member memories of seeing monsters on TV and on movies. It was a Universal monster, but it wasn't even a scary movie. But I remember being young enough that I was creeped out by it. Um, same thing though. They always play these on Saturdays. Um, it was the Abbott and Costello movies and I saw Abbott and Costello Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. And when, when Dracula is like, you know, opening that that coffin and closing it and and Costello was like, um, it's so funny. And I'm watching it now. I just literally was watching it earlier before we came on today. I decided to watch it again (laughs) and I'm like, what was it's so silly. Like that's the point was to be funny. Oh yeah. But but yeah. I remember being like, who is that guy in the coffin? He's not. He's he's scary. Like that's not cool. Like this is not cool. Like of course, of course. Cause and why won't Abbott listen to him? There was clearly danger. So yeah, is I that just, because is that because when you were a kid you were watching it as an Abbott and Costello movie, not as a Universal monster movie? Probably yeah. Oh, because probably the average movies. Abbott and Costello movie had like you know. Adult like playing kids, you know, yeah, it, it wasn't. You weren't expecting a vampire in your typical no. Abbott and Costello movie. No, so and yeah, an umpire maybe, but you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, that, you know. In a baseball team, I see what you pronouns. did there. I like that. Yeah, that was good. Third base. Um, but yeah, that was the earliest. I remember being just totally creeped by, and I don't think I even knew what a vampire was. Like, you know what I mean? I was so little that it was like, like I didn't, I didn't know who Dracula was. Like that wasn't a. Th- thing i hadn't seen the dracula movie i just know there's a guy in this box why is the guy in a box and he's, he's why is he's a guy totally... ever in a box <laughs> why put him in the box in the first why? place yeah come on get out of the box 
And he's totally creeping out poor Costello, who I just adored because I love those movies as a kid. So I think that might have been my first monster other than Cookie Monster or, you know, any of the guys. Uh, oh, yeah. Lou, why don't we have a Cookie Monster essay? Oh, you said not to do it. So I said, okay. oh, is that why? OK. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was then. fully behind it. Uh, you did not want it. You were adamant. Well, that joke fell apart. Thanks, Lou. <laughs> the dark history of Cookie Monster. It's like it's the joke. Why isn't it's like why behind isn't, the music uh, except for monsters? Behind the monsters, Cookie Monster. Why not the Why not the vampire from Sesame Street? Well, why not the count? Really? You can't count on it. You say he he doesn't count. He doesn't count. But I did. But he but does. He, does. <laughs> he should have been in one essay, two essays, three essays. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> yeah. They had to go there. Had to go there. Okay, so we talked about some of our first monsters, um, but tell us a little bit about some of the monsters that are in your book that people will be able to meet. Richard uh, or Lou is just the book model down there. <laughs> every, every time you mention the book, he just holds it up and give us the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Vanna White in this scenario. There you go. Ah, there you go. Yeah. But make sure you yeah. show the side, the side, because the first time that, that you held it up, I thought it was a very slim book. And then he, it's a nice hefty book. It's got a lot of stuff in there. It's very good. So, so what are uh, some of the monsters? We're going to be treated to, I'm going to just look at the contents here. We're going to be treated to. Uh, he doesn't remember what monster. He, he wasn't involved. <laughs> I only read this thing about six times. You know, I know. I'm just messing with you. He only, remember, he only remembers his essays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't read the other ones, so. It's only about Cookie Monster. That's it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's only about the Black Lagoon. That's the only important yeah. one. Using your cookie. It counts, really. So uh, all the universal stuff. So you got your Drac Draculas, your Frankensteins, your Wolfman, your Mummy, your you know Black Lagoon, all that. But uh, interesting, interestingly enough, we uh, touch on the Devil himself in a oh. in a, a part Devil movies. Uh, we also are going to go into um, uh, Rich. will talk about this, I'm sure, at some point. Dark Shadows, uh, very successful TV soap opera ish horror thing. Thanks to his uh, post on Facebook. I need to watch it now. I know. <laughs> yeah. A lot of that, and I'm sure. We talk about magazines and books. We talk about you know, horror magazines and horror publications. I know it's not monsters in general, but we talk about that. We talk about some of the horror hosts, like uh, um, uh, Vampira and Zachary and pe people like that. We talk about cat people, the movies. We talk about the uh, Rich has a, a, a essay uh, you're going to love about uh, all the Godzilla films and the toes it's a good essay yeah all the stuff. um we're talking about the tv stuff the monsters and the adams family stuff like that uh and, and then there's different the flavors of of the universal stuff there's you know dracula um in the hammer horror films not not universal per se but you know when hammer horror was making so we're gonna get into that uh there's also an essay about zombies and uh which is very cool by the way you should definitely check that out and then, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff. I don't want to give it all away, but it's all in there. <laughs> the cool thing about that zombie essay is it's actually written by, by a renowned expert on plagues. 
And uh, yeah. and so he knows what he's talking about. And he wrote it before the pandemic started. And one of the things he touched on in it uh, is what happens when a plague get, when a plague gets out of control and people can't can't uh, stop it and it mutates. And then like two months yeah. later, after we edited it, we're like, wait, what? <laughs> it actually yeah. is starting. Yeah. Wait, yeah, it was a weird, weird timing. Yeah, it's a great title. Too. It's a great title. The Plague of the Plague of the Zombies. Clever. Thank you. It's a fun read. The, the whole book is a fun read. This whole it, It's not meant to be scary and spooky. It's a lot of fun. Total fun. And, and we should note that if you notice something that's not in the list, Lou Red, you won't find Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers and that, that sort of thing because the focus of the book is on classic monsters. So we went up until around the early to mid-70s. There were a couple of a couple of um, uh, uh, of exceptions, like I was covering the Toho era of, of, of um, Godzilla, which went past the cutoff of early seventies. And we have an essay at the end about um, Monster Squad because oh. you know it's like a yeah. modern, like a, an eighties remake yeah. of Universal Monsters. But that was you know very few exceptions. For the most part, it was the beginning of cinema. Actually, before that, because you're talking about like the novels of Frankenstein and, and Dracula and so forth, uh, up to yeah. the early seventies. That's cool. Yeah, because yeah, there's a literary yeah. discussion yeah. in the books too, not just not just cinema and television. Yeah. So, so guys, you mentioned the Adams the Adams family. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think of the remake, the upcoming remake with Tim Burton? Yeah, did you guys hear that news? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I did. I'm happy about that. I think that's his wheelhouse. I just hope he doesn't use the same five actors he's been using for the last. <laughs> so you don't Graff want Helena Bonham Carter as Morticia <laughs> yeah. and yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah. Johnny <laughs> Depp. I just like. I, to I see am. No? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just like to see new people in the roles. I know we mentioned uh, Oscar Isaac was doing the voice of Gomez in the uh, was the animated one or something. Yeah, the animated. Yep. I, That's I getting a sequel too. Him. Yeah, I like him, and I think if if they can cast him in the, in the Gomez role, I mean, I think he could totally pull it off. I don't know. I think Johnny Depp could pull off Morticia pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I well we 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 just talked about this on the show uh, last last week. We talked about it. It was it was news. That's right. Yes. And uh, we thought if you're gonna ha- if you're gonna bring Johnny Depp in, he should be cousin it cousin like, it as a funny cameo. Like the, uh, underneath that is Johnny Depp. Right. Or, or be funny. Or thing. Yeah, I think he would do it too. You know what I mean? Or he could as his hand as thing. But I actually yeah, would love to see him as grandmama. Yeah, that would be funny too. You're right? Yes, sure. Why not? <laughs> I I, uh, to, I I honestly um have not been following it, but uh, look, I'm a Tim Burton fan. This this especially his older stuff because you know um, let's be honest, the last couple haven't been up to snuff of the earlier stuff but so i i think if anyone was going to do a remake of adam's family you know he'd be good i i loved uh i loved the well at least the first of the two ralph julia movies i thought it was wonderful yes and uh so i know i you know we've seen that it can be remade uh without us saying what that you know that's not the adam's family it can be done it's been done sure um sure. if it's done with uh the biggest problem i had with johnny depp's I'm sorry, not Johnny Depp. With uh, Tim, well, I guess it's Tim Burton, Johnny Depp. It's the same thing these days. But uh, I guess that my biggest problem with uh, Tim Burton's approaches to adapting something that's been done is he he's he's not reverential. If you look at Planet of the Apes, and and, and you know, oh, yeah. you, you, right, and, and you know, it's it's Willy Wonka, and and it's just uh, it's not 
it's not what it should be. So my concern is he's going to alter the atmosphere. That, that's my big problem. You know, otherwise, I'm going in with an open mind because I'm just excited about it. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, Aaliyah. Oh, <laughs> I saw you were here. I, I was because I was I was not a fan. And maybe this is because Beetlejuice terrified me as a child. Like I was <laughs> petrified. It's still, I think, to this day, I can't watch Beetlejuice. I love Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. You be, care- you be careful. I, I, just, I just watched it last week. How you be careful with Beetlejuice. You be careful with Beetlejuice. You don't <laughs> mess with Beetlejuice. The movie, I'll say it three it, times if you're not careful. I'm going to say it three times. Oh, there you go. And the cartoon. Yeah. The cartoon was good, too. And the no. musical was also good. For you. Huh? Your dad. Did your dad dress up like? Oh my gosh! <laughs> he didn't dress up as Beetlejuice, okay. but he did used to do things like, like you know, say it three times. He, this is also the man that that put, uh, threatened to put. Um, uh, excuse me. He he told my younger sister because she's a huge supernatural fan that he was going to take all of the salt out of the house so she couldn't use it. <laughs> oh, that's just that's just wrong. How else are you going to like bar I mean, your doors and windows? That's just wrong. Yeah, if not for no. cooking reasons, for protection reasons. That's just awful. Here's a thought exercise for you. If you said Beetlejuice three times, and then Candyman three times, and walked out of the house, what would happen? <laughs> I think they've become fast friends, but that's. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you're just screwed. Cause, and, yeah. and then you're just screwed because then, you know, now you got it's two on one. And Between then, that and Bloody Mary, I mean, yeah. all it turns out Beetlejuice is allergic to bees and that's the whole thing. Oh, it's a whole thing. But I only but that, watched it as a kid. That's a crossover movie that's a, I would that, pay to see. Yes. I'm pretty sure he tried to eat the bees. I don't think. He eat it, you know, you're probably that's true. right. He did, he did, he did do that. Fly into the, right. Oh <laughs> the bee house of ill repute. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> Beetlejuice is great. I mean, uh, you gotta get Catherine O'Hara. Like the the cast of that is what makes that movie it, it, so really. Yeah, genius. yes, yes, They're so good, funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, I want to make sure that um, so as we approach kind of the halfway point era, I want to make sure that we uh, leave some time here to really dig in uh, to the <laughs> Universal monsters. Right. So there's several essays in the book about those. I actually um, several of those are what I actually started with. Uh, when I was reading it and uh, the universal monsters just are, I mean, they're universal. <laughs> I mean, it's a great, it's a great company for them to be a part of because they are such a, an, an iconic part of monster lore in our, in our nostalgia, especially because most people, when, when you say Dracula, Bella Lugosi's image is what people conjure up in their heads a lot of times you know usually yeah. now if you say vampires that may say something completely different depending on Sparkles. which which, which uh, generation you grew up in a lot but dracula bella lugosi is just he comes to mind frankenstein who comes to mind right so uh, it's you get boris karloff is, is the image um because every frankenstein since then was based on that original you know and th- there's none of them are quite the same i mean even when lon cheney took over frankenstein you know he didn't have the false tooth out so there's no like gap in his you know he just had a different look he looked like he looked like frankenstein um with a good dental know, plan yeah with a good <laughs> dental plan and he had, uh, put, on a, had put on a few extra pounds yeah. you know he's he's been you know uh what frankenstein so, who listened to his dentist and flossed <laughs> yeah, but um so uh let's talk a little bit about the universal monsters um what's uh again they are so iconic why do you think that is why have they become the 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 
the standard for what we assume those monsters look like? I think a big part of it is if you put yourself in the mindset of somebody back back in the 30s, I, it just wasn't something they were seeing on on the big on, on this in cinema before. I mean, it may seem quaint now to watch the original Dracula, the original Frankenstein, because you know we live in an era where movies like the, you know The Ring you know exists. It's, like, it's not it's not as scary now, but at the time this was this was really scary. This was something they hadn't seen. Even even Gojira, I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's. We look back now, and you know, there there are several early Godzilla movies where he really does look like the Cookie Monster, but with a tail. <laughs> but at the time that it came out, people hadn't seen this before. I think the reason these old movies, particularly Universal Monsters, um, really hit an audience is that they they couldn't believe what they were looking at, and also because it was pretty macabre. You know, I mean, like they, it's, they, they, it. They, you're talking about uh, you're talking you're talking about an audience that just couldn't believe that they were seeing dead things walking around on the screen. You know, like where were they running into this? You know, there's also there's the history of Penny Dreadfuls that it was building upon. You know, like there, there was an audience for it that that would have responded to this. So uh, I, I I actually just finally one of the the essays in the book really goes through them uh and talks about how it's basically was our first uh cinematic universe if you will where we right now uh, every movie, there, yeah. any movie that has uh a, a sequel we're all like oh what's the cinematic universe going to be like it suddenly becomes a thing right uh, just right. because marvel did it and dc made a couple movies we're like what's the dc universe turns out they don't have one they're just making dc movies and people are making this up on their own yeah. but marvel right. was like yeah we're gonna tie all these movies together well universal was kind of the first one to do that with frankenstein meets the wolfman right Mm. Yeah, and and, and you, the caveat would be they were sort of because yeah. because the continuity, as as Joe's essay points out, is kind of you know completely non-existent. Yeah, I found it. I found I found his essay really, really enlight, enlightening and insightful because that was yeah. one of the things that was amazing to me was in thinking about that being the first kind of shared universe. It was they were winging it the entire yeah. time. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like they weren't, you know, because you, you can it, it's arguably true. You can see some of the Marvel movies in the MCU and they're like, oh, this is obviously just kind of a, a placeholder for the Avengers movie coming out, you know, or whatever else. But like all these movies were all done individually and they just happen to go, hey, you know what? You wrote the last one. What do you think about? I love the story about the Frankenstein meets Wolfman thing about how it was kind of like a joke, like a, just yeah, a, a uh, it was like Wolf's the Meat Man. And, was like, <laughs> and then like, oh, you know what? You changed that title and uh, go ahead and buy that car. Yeah, yeah. that's a yeah. great story. <laughs> yeah, that was a really, I, I love that. that And, and the you're right, the continuity, like one of the things he points out in the essay is, uh, and I, I, again, I, Peacock, uh, network the their streaming actually has all of them on there right now and so i've been binging them in anticipation of this <laughs> so uh i was watching through those and so when i read his essay like it's still fresh and it's interesting to binge them because again these came out several years after each other but when you yeah. binge them like i literally just finished one and then i watched another one you know what i mean the next day and i'm like mm -hmm. wait a minute what's going on um and they're to the point where like by the time you get to i forget which i don't even remember which one it was but uh either ghost <laughs> of frankenstein or son of frankenstein 
the lab is now over top of a sulfur pit. Yeah, it's never yeah. in the other movies. Like yep. those kind of continuity things are just like, you know, which is funny because like, it's clearly supposed to be the same lab. Oh, even yeah. Though, yeah. No doubt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and so the other, go ahead, Lou. No, I was going to say, you got to remember back then, you know, things weren't so consumable. Like the video right. wasn't out. And so you went to the movies, you saw a Frankenstein film. The next one that came out, you weren't necessarily thinking about or remembering the last mm -hmm. one. You just want to go to a movie and be entertained. Sure. And that was fun. And that's what people, I think we missed that a lot today. Like oh, we don't yeah. go to just to have, and that's why I'm always arguing for the DC stuff because that's kind of what they've been doing and people get all, all aggravated because there's no shared universe, but like, Hey, right. I don't care. universe. Like what, who cares? But they didn't think about continuity and they didn't care. It was all about getting money and getting people in seats, making money and, and let's get some movies out and, and let's keep the momentum going. I think they did a good job of it. You know, yeah, back no, then. nobody ran immediately to the, to Twitter after seeing son of Frankenstein <laughs> and complained about whether or not you know like there's no way he's the son of frankenstein there's no resemblance at all yeah even though frankenstein is made of hashtag not my frankenstein right exactly like there was none of that garbage and you know release the whale cut you know like happened. um but i i i one of the things that i thought i found interesting in one of the things that i found i should totally say it we should yeah. totally do that. The hashtag has to be created. Release the whale cut. Yeah, we should do that. I, I think uh, one brilliant. of the most interesting things about the non-continuity, about all the Universal movies, not just the monster movies, but you could probably see this in any of the movies, is back there, back then in the studio system, the actors were under contract with certain companies, right? And so they appeared in all of that company's movies. And if you're binging the Universal Monster movies, especially the Frankenstein ones, it's funny to see the same actors show up as different people in the very next movie. Yeah, like, and, why is Dracula Igor? What's going on? I'm confused. Oh my right. gosh, that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. funniest one. Yeah. But but I was telling Lou when we when we talked about this the first time, like uh, there's this iconic scene in Frankenstein when you know the man is bringing his daughter and she's been drowned and he's walking through town and everybody's partying and as he walks by everybody stops it's just this, it's i mean for for such you know we look back at some of these movies and think they're a little bit cheesy but this scene is so well done like it's just so great and he's walking through with his you know limp uh daughter and it's just like heart-wrenching to watch that scene and yeah. you know he gets up there and then and it's this great scene and in the very next movie so again i'm binging them in the very next movie, that actor is on the city council as a guy named Leo Newweiler or something. And and I, I'm me, I'm thinking, oh, I'm glad that farmer kind of has turned <laughs> oh, his, oh, he's, he's, he's come he's up. Got a We've moved up in the world. City council now. I feel so bad for him after losing his daughter. He's at least, you know. And then and then um and then I see him again later. He's still in the council. He's in the council on all four movies, even though in like the third one, when when uh, Bella Lugosi is Igor, Igor has Frankenstein kill him. But yet he's still on the council of the fourth movie. <laughs> just it, stuff like that. It was hilarious. Because he's another monster. But who cares? Right. It was just. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Well, I mean, it's a subtext. Right. Yeah, he's another monster. Well, I mean, think, think about it, because, uh, you know, you kind of hit it on the, on the head with the continuity. These monsters at various times at the ends of these movies died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
and they would just you know oh here they are did they just show up at the front step of the lab like wait but you yeah and in later movies they didn't even try to explain it they didn't they they didn't care at that point it was just like you know there were times oh he was you know he was brought back to life there was an electric bolt eventually it just becomes yeah he's here yeah, <laughs> they they never Wait, died. Didn't he fall in a pit? It doesn't matter. He's here. Yeah. Hey, there he is. Well, I love the fact too. I, I didn't even realize this. I, and Jeff, I don't know if, if you've noticed, but the 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 actor who played Van Helsing in Dracula, like, mm-hmm. what always basically played the same scientist character every time he too. Yeah, right. He like recurred. That essay pointed that out. And right, like, and yeah. I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of funny. I wouldn't have caught that that was him if I hadn't read it in this. I was like, oh yeah, I didn't even realize it's the same guy. Well, you know, it's one of the fun things about Dark Shadows, which is based, you know, largely, which draws a lot of its inspiration from Universal Monsters, is the fact that they reuse the actors. It, so basically, it's, it's fitting, you know. So it, much like what you're describing, you, you see, there's one point where Thayer David is playing two actors, two characters in the same episode. In the same episode. In the same episode. Uh, but it doesn't matter because, A, he's Thayer David, so he's great. And, B, it, it, it draws on the tradition of Universal Monsters. It was, you know, it's if, if you're going to do Universal Monsters as a soap opera, of course you have of people. Of course. Uh, right. okay, that means, yeah. Was he ever in the same scene with himself or no? <laughs> I'm trying to think, was he? Because uh, that would have been no, awesome. but 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 I uh, no, <laughs> but Grayson Hall, Grayson Hall was actually in a scene in which she actually killed her other character. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, so. <laughs> and how did they pull it off? Did they do, actually do like a split well, screen type of thing? You know, it, they did. The show had about a dollar eighty-seven budget, and a dollar eighty-five of it was spent that on lunch. Further back then, so, that, so yeah. that, that means she killed a stuntman with a wig, and the stuntman never faced the cameras. No, they like um, they they. Well, they, they like to do effects <laughs> where, like you know, Barnabas would disappear, and and you know, you, he would have, in modern day terms, um photoshop artifact all around them you know because it was you know they, they basically would uh would use re- what then was standard of uh, pretty uh, you know modern effects but badly sure. <laughs> and uh and and so you would end up seeing a really bad outline of whatever part of the studio he was standing in um in, in the case of grayson hall killing herself it was a rare time in which they had to have uh, pre-taped stuff they didn't have the money for pre-taping on that show so wow. that would have been one of the rare times they would have had to all right, I gotta find. I gotta find this show now. <laughs> it's not streaming anywhere, too, right? It's no, like I, I tried to find it. It too. is actually. It's. Uh, oh, I own. I own the set, so I don't know where it is. But I know that on the there's a Facebook group where people are discussing it as they're watching it. So I know it's streaming. Oh, we somewhere. gotta find that. Yeah, share that with us. I'll we'll find out for you. That'd be great. And then you're going to need a year to do it because there are 1,225 episodes. I, 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 I did look that. I'm like, holy cow. Yeah, that's... Are they yeah. hour-long episodes or like 40 minutes? Well, they're 15 or? minutes. They're half-hour episodes, that's but right. 15 okay. minutes were spent selling soap to housewives. So there you go. That, right. that, that's and, actually what the reason, the you know, what the, why the show existed, you know. So yeah. it, it, it's the only day. about 15 minutes per episode now. So what you're saying is anytime any character is bathed, they would mention the soap? <laughs> well, the funny thing that you mentioned about bathing is I think the people, the, the people in Collins Port, which is where the show takes place, must have been the stinkiest people ever. Because they never bathed. They never changed. And oh, same they, clothes every time. Same clothes all the time. And there's no indication that they really went to bed, except occasionally you'd see them wearing a nightgown. You know, like it would seem like day like one day might last three months of storytelling. And uh, so, you know, <laughs> so did they bathe? I'm sure the actors did. Uh, I'm sure the clothes were laundered, but, you know, the characters, oh I wouldn't have wanted to hang out at Collinwood. So. Now, now I wonder if like the whole 
series of episodes happened in one day. <laughs> there's, a, there's a website oh. that works this out. The show's really <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the show will say things like this happened two months ago, but it, like if you look at the evidence on screen, it was yesterday. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny. But that's how soap operas in general work. I'm sure it's true for One Life to Live. You know, that's just right. how hey, well, you know. Yep. That's well, funny. So the other thing I noticed while binging through every Frankenstein movie this week is um I know that Utah, I know I don't this is I'm gonna have to ask you, Aaliyah. Have you ever seen the movie Young Frankenstein? <laughs> it's a Mel Brooks comedy. If not, you have to. Aaliyah, have you seen that? No, I haven't. Okay, you I need, have not. Okay, that's that, required we're, we're viewing. Gonna, yeah, we're gonna get you to see that. So, so it's a it's kind of a it's a comedy, Mel Brooks. It's a parody of Frankenstein movies. But what I didn't realize ever because I'd never seen all four was that he literally takes the he took them all yeah the best parts of those movies and they're in there there's a there's a the inspector character who who has that wooden arm and he's doing this all the time yeah. i yeah. thought okay there that's hilarious this is a funny thing mel brooks made up that guy's in the movie he's in the original movie i was like how is this not a comedy that was in the second well, no, it wasn't the bride. It was Son of Frankenstein, I think, that he's in. Yeah, yeah because third. he's, I think third. Yeah, yeah, he's hounding the son about like his dad's they even do the dart game and yeah. he the darts oh, in his yeah. arm oh, yeah. and pulls them out and throws them. I'm like, this oh, yeah. is exactly what he it, this isn't he didn't make up a parody. Oh, that's fantastic. That scene. That's <laughs> so funny. Right. And, and, the, and the blind guy in the hut. Yeah. yeah. YouTube. Yep. That that's, was another movie. Yep. One of my so favorite great. articles from Starlog from back in the 1980s made a timeline of the Frankenstein films and it included Young Frankenstein because it's it's so true to the movies and it it's might as beautiful. well, you know, Frankenstein might as well be part of the Frankenstein family. Yeah, uh, no, yeah as far it, as I'm concerned, it is, especially now, especially now that they're all connected. It's well, like, I mean, yeah. it, and that just and that just that just shows you like the reverence that Mel Brooks had for those movies, right? Because there's no way if he was just making a comedy about a parody of, of the Frankenstein movie or the Frankenstein monster, I don't think he would have gone through that trouble to kind of have that knowledge and to have those homages in there. I mean, that's it made for a great movie. So Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. So um Universal recently tried to reboot their Universal uh, universe with the Tom Cruise mummy movie. Kind of, eh. yeah. So you mean Mission Impossible was, in Egypt? Yeah, obviously <laughs> that that did not uh, do very well. Um, but they were trying to create the cinematic universe. In fact, they picked a character um, rumored to be Russell Crowe's character, who's kind of like the, the I professor. Like, that I like that casting. That sounded cool. That they were he was going to kind of tie the movies together. They wouldn't necessarily be like. Frankenstein meets Wolfman, but that he would be the, you know, the connective tissue that said, oh, these all take place in the same unit, same world. Um, what do you guys, so obviously that seemed to fail and they kind of like said, okay, we don't want, we're going to pretend we didn't do that. Um, what do you guys think about them doing it again? But, uh, and if they did it again, like what, what do you think would be the secret to that success to bring back the universal monsters? The secret would be, I don't know if it's a secret, but they have to, and Rich touched on this a minute ago or a few minutes ago, um, not do a complete retelling. Stay true to the source. Go back yeah. and, you know, be faithful to what made these things popular in the first place and, and do it well with really good 
directors, really good actors, not necessarily blockbusters. I don't need Tom Cruise, mm. Thomas Cruise. I don't need him in the movie. I, I, I Thomas. <laughs> no, it could be anybody. Just make it good. You know, make Thomas it, the talking cruise ship. Yeah, we don't need that. Give me, give me a story that, that nobody runs through. better than him. You know, other than the story. I mean, if there's no good story, you're just blah, 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 you know, like, nobody right. really cares about that. The thing that made those, they gave those movies uh, their popularity they have is the, the little bit of heart they had inside them as mm. well. Like, really identify with Larry Talbot's Wolfman. You know, he yeah. he doesn't want this. He he's is struggling to get out of it and and that's what makes that movie great you know if you don't have that it's just a slasher film it's just a crazy guy around killing people all right well that's fun too in a different sense but that's not going to make the universal monster uh shared universe work uh, you know rise from the dead as they say and come back agreed no that totally makes sense you're absolutely right um i I think the um to to add on to what lou said I, i think that we're less likely to see a musings on monsters about the remakes. And I don't mean just from us. I mean, that, that those films are less likely to inspire someone to come up with a book. Whereas the Wolfman, which Lou just discussed is, is largely the reason this book exists. So the Wolfman and, and Frankenstein, because uh, when Jim Beard, <laughs> show the book, yeah. Uh, when, uh, Jim, Jim Beard back when, uh, when he came up with the idea, um, his goal was to write an essay about the Wolfman, I, you know, the, the tragedy that you you know you, that you guys know about prevented him from doing so. My friend Rob Nyman did it, but uh, that and his wife's uh, love of Frankenstein is the reason that this book even exists. And I can't imagine anybody saying, "My whole life I love the Tom Cruise movie, and therefore I'm making a book." Right. So yeah. Wait, yeah. Which Tom Cruise movie is it? The one where he's like he plays a young upstart that kind of that fights against all odds and wins in the end. I believe Maybe. it's the one where he runs. Yeah, <laughs> where he runs, he runs a lot. Yeah, runs really fast. So, well, by the way, we go. Go ahead. If Universal, if Universal is listening, Rich and I are, are available for hire. So there yeah. You go. There Absolutely. You go. Well, you know, and so and you I mean, from the image, but I have sideburns. I can play Larry Talbot. So. There you go. Well, <laughs> they just, are they are listening, Lou. They are yeah, listening. They are. Universal, of course, they are. Everybody the, listens. The, the, in fact, the president of Universal Pictures wa- listens to our show. Our, our yeah, one I, listener I, has been him all this time. <laughs> it's got Correct. a text from. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's uh, that's about an extended warranty. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> movie. Well, before before we um, we are coming up on the end of the show here, but before we do, I want you to talk a little bit, Rich, about what you just mentioned, a okay. little bit about Jim, and tell us kind of what was the impetus for how this book started, um, and, and how we have this. The, the um, although Lou and I are the editors, we're, neither one of us came up with the idea. Um, our friend Jim Beard is a lifelong monster kid, um, and uh, and his wife Becky was as well. It's 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 one of the big things they bonded on. And I, one of the things I discussed in the introduction is that we like to talk about soulmates and, and perfect perfect matches. And mo- most of us, you know, most people don't truly meet soulmates. You may find someone that you get along great, but someone where like you just perfectly matched. It's a it's a rarity, and it's it's beautiful. It's why the movie Princess Bride exists. Well. Uh, <laughs> It, um, yeah. It, and in Jim's case, he had that. And he Becky was Becky was uh, not just his wife, also his best friend, his writing partner. And the two of them bonded over their shared love of monsters. So Jim, Jim, two years ago, approached me and we, we had done other books together. And he said, 
um, I, I want to do a, a book about classic monsters. Would, would you be interested in editing it with me? And I, I said, I'd be honored. He said, my, you know, I'm going to do an, an essay about why, why Larry Talbot is a hero, not a monster. And Becky's going to write about Dark Shadows. I said, this is great. So we lined up a bunch of writers. And Lou, I think you were in that initial lineup, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah. 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 And, um, and, uh, and then tragedy struck, uh, which was Becky ended up with a terminal form of cancer and in a relatively short amount of time passed away, which was very, very sad. And understandably Lou had to walk, I'm, I'm sorry, Jim had to walk away from the book. And, uh, but weirdly enough, so did I right before that, before I had any idea that was happening, I had a schedule conflict. And, um, but as soon as I heard about this, I came back um, and, and because I'd, I'd already worked with Lou as well, I asked Lou to, to step in and we wanted to honor what Jim started. And uh, Jim wrote the foreword and discussed briefly um, his love of, of Becky and their shared love of monsters. And it, it's touching. And I, I just hope that when he reads, I, I'm hoping he already read it, but if he hasn't, I'm hoping when he reads the book uh, that he thinks we did him justice and that, and that uh, it's what he would, that the book came out the way he wanted it to. It was important to him that it be about old monsters uh, because that's what he grew up on. And I, I hope that he thinks that this is what he was looking for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I read that in the introduction. I thought that was really sweet. And, uh, you know, that that was the, and so, yeah, I, I hope that's why I wanted to make sure people kind of heard that story too. Um, but it, it is a great book. I'm, I'm totally enjoying it when Amazon decides to let me have it back. Uh, because like I said, I loaned it, uh, via Kindle to Aaliyah and not, and Aaliyah, Aaliyah, well, no. And then, and I said, well, can you reject it? She can't reject it. And so I, if you don't accept it seven days later, I'll get it back no, here. seven days. Now somebody mentioned the ring earlier and now I'm worried what's going to happen when it comes back in seven days, days. <laughs> okay. but, uh, here, Aaliyah, here, here, I'm going to get that. Yeah, we'll get you a copy. Don't worry. That's all right. Well, no, it'll be back and then I'll, I'll finish it off, but, uh, I I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, I know Utah feels the same, uh, when I finally am able to finish it and, and fully loan it to Aaliyah, she's going to enjoy it too, I'm sure. But, um, I do recommend that you guys run out there and get a copy of this book. If you have the same kind of nostalgia that we do for monsters, it's phenomenal. Uh, Lou or rich, uh, tell them where they can find it. In Lou's uh, mouth. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Lou's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> You don't want that copy. Talk about monster. I think Amazon's the best place to get it right now. Okay. It'll be quick. Yeah. It's like two days. You got it in your hands. Absolutely. But in case you're someone who, who did, takes a stance on Amazon, go to sequart.org and you'll find the landing page for the book because you can get the ISBN there and buy it somewhere else. That's true. Excellent right. point. And if you are listening to this as a podcast in podcast form, which is going to come later, uh, I will put the uh, link to it in the show notes so you can go and check it out. Um, again, it's a great book. It came out at the perfect time, just in time for Halloween. Of course, Halloween is now past. We were trying to do this show right before Halloween, but lucky number 13. But it's gone so much better now, I think, since we were able to get Rich and Aaliyah and Utah in here with, instead of just me and Lou. Nobody wanted to hear just me and Lou. You, you know, it's more, than just <laughs> it's more than just Halloween, though. It's the 90th anniversary of, of the first Universal Monsters movie, and it's also yeah, uh, Godzilla's right. birthday. It's whose yeah. birthday? Godzilla's birthday. Oh, 60, that's right. He's a young 67, right? 67? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
That's awesome. he doesn't look a day over six million. And he does not. I, thought, I don't know. I don't know what his secret oh. is, but atomic uh, fire, probably. Moisturize. <laughs> atomic <laughs> fire. I wouldn't recommend it, it though. <laughs> it takes care of those wrinkles, though. <laughs> All right. I want to uh, a big, big thank you to my guests, Lou uh, and Rich. Thank you guys so much for coming back Absolutely. on the show. It's always a pleasure when you guys come around. Uh, Lou's going to come back and join us uh, when the Mandalorian what? season is finished. And we're going to talk and recap the Mandalorian mid-December, I think, is when that happens. And Rich is going to come back in January and talk with us uh, after Discovery uh, ends. So their, their last episode what? Is, is in January, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, I should have said Star Trek, just in case anybody was like, what discovery? He just means a journey of self-discovery. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm on one right now. And, yeah. uh, and we're going to find out how he's doing in January. We, yeah. but we might figure uh, out what he looks like. It, it's been tough, guys. Uh, but let me tell you about my childhood. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> Thanks, as always, to Utah and Aaliyah for being my ever-present co-hosts. I'm so glad this worked out to where you guys could be here to do this. Uh, it was not the same without you guys on Friday. I don't want that to happen again. I was so lonely. <laughs> um, so thank you for being here with me. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Uh, always make sure to follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter at world gun geek. You can see the stuff down below if you're watching us live. Um, uh, but basically we're at world gun geek pretty much everywhere. So check us out, subscribe to us on YouTube and we'll see you guys next time. Let's play, uh, the creepy version of our theme song on the way out. Yeah, we'll see you really guys creepy. next time. Here we go. <laughs> The podcast is real is a Wild Gone Geek production.